Now this afternoon, I have the privilege to speak to Michael Swain, the Executive Director of Freedom for Religion South Africa, about the controversial hate speech bill, which was just passed with proposals for amendments by the National Council of Provinces, and that's Parliament's second house, only last week. According to For South Africa, the hate speech bill is a major threat to freedom of religion expression in the country and may, may see people of faith imprisoned even for something that they believe. Michael, good afternoon and welcome to Radio Pulpit and Cape Pulpit. Good afternoon, Jan. Thanks so much for having me on the show. In a nutshell, Michael, what is the hate speech bill about and why is it so concerning? Well, the hate speech bill is concerning because it creates a new crime of hate speech. In other words, hate speech becomes a statutory crime with a substantial jail sentence of up to five years if you actually are found guilty of hate speech. And, and, and this is really where the problem starts, because the bill has a very wide definition of hate speech, uh, particularly, uh, for example, it's called the Hate Crimes and Hate Speech Bill, but the bill totally fails to define what hate is. So it's arguably unconstitutional and unworkable, and, we, and it will certainly be challenged, because how do you know if what you're saying is hate speech, i.e. criminal, or merely just speech that other people may hate? which is very often the case. And so this is really, really concerning. You know, the, 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 the crime of harm as well, you have to substantially emotionally harm someone. Or uh, what does that mean exactly? Uh, emo emotional harm. That's purely subjective. And so you may well find yourself, you know, f running foul of this law simply because you say something which somebody finds deeply offensive. There's also a category of social harm, uh, which is defined as uh, uh, something which is a detriment that undermines the social cohesion among the people of South Africa. Again, very loose, very open-ended. So we are obviously deeply concerned about this. And I, I think it's important to say this as well, that we also have hate speech in our civil law, particularly in Papuda, uh, the Equality uh, Act, for example. And if you're found guilty of a hate speech in a civil case, then what you will be forced to do perhaps is to pay a fine or to apologize or do community service. But it's not a crime. And it's actually easier under the definitions of hate speech in this hate speech bill that's about to become law for you to go to jail than it is to actually be obliged in a civil case to pay a fine. In other words, it's, it's completely... Uh, tipped on its head, very unconstitutional and frankly undemocratic because obviously if you have a crime of hate speech like this, what do you believe will be the result of this law on people? Well, obviously it tends to shut down people from expressing their views and opinions, particularly if they might be seen to be controversial or politically incorrect. So again, very, very concerning that this law is literally on the point of, of, of becoming enforceable and in force uh, in our statutes. Michael, what is the situation regarding a legitimate expression of faith? Is, is there solid protection for this? Well, when this first 
came out this bill, which was in 2018, we were very concerned because there was no protection for legitimate religious expression or, in fact, other types of expression, too. And what they did was they put in a clause which supposedly gives this protection. But actually, as we have pointed out uh, time and time again, and as have literally tens of thousands of other people, it's written in such a way that it is self-defeating. It's what we call a circular clause. This is basically what it says. It says that if you say or express something that is an expression of your faith and belief that amounts to the crime of hate speech, as defined in the hate speech bill, you're not guilty and you're protected from a criminal sanction for this speech as long as the hate speech that you are basically accused of does not uh, amount to hate speech as defined in this bill. In other words, you're not guilty of hate speech unless you're guilty of hate speech. So you have to ask yourself, what protection does that give you? And again, bear in mind that the term of imprisonment uh, is five years in jail. And that is a very, very serious uh, sanction for something, which typically Again, you don't find in a democracy and where you do have a hate speech as a crime, normally it's under the most like severe of circumstances. Whereas in, in this bill, as I said, hate's undefined. Uh, when, when, when the minister was asked uh, for, for a definition, he just said, well, you can look one up in the dictionary or you know, the magistrate can just decide. Well, again, that's always going to be purely subjective. And therefore, how will that effectively be constitutional because how do you know if you're committing a crime if that crime is in fact so uh, badly defined it's very very open to abuse therefore michael recently in finland there was a major win for freedom of religious speech tell us more about the finnish case yeah this was a very interesting case it actually involved a finnish member of parliament who'd even been a cabinet minister uh called pavi rasanen and also a Lutheran bishop. And they were basically charged with crimes simply for expressing uh, their beliefs in marriage, particularly um, uh, the, the Finnish MP tweeted Bible verses uh, and also uh, mentioned them on a live debate, criticizing the Lutheran Church of Finland for their, su- for their support of Pride Week. Now, it, it, it's interesting that she was then charged with a crime of an agitation against the minority group, and even against even for crimes against humanity. So she, she literally and the bishop faced two separate criminal trials for this. Uh, it literally uh, pulled them through the penal system of Finland for five years, and they have actually now been acquitted. The, 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 the Supreme Court, the Court of Appeal, upheld their original acquittal. But again, think of how problematic it is if you are literally for simply expressing your faith caught up in a penal system of a nation, being arrested, being tried, uh, all the cost, all the expense, all the time, all the stress, all the pressure, uh, simply for something that you have, have done, like quoting a Bible scripture. That is the big danger of this type of law. And you never know when you're going to be caught in it. Because as I said before, it is so subjective. If somebody believes that they have been substantially emotionally harmed, 
then they can potentially uh, lay a charge for the crime of hate speech against you. And that could be for pretty much anything that you might say from a faith point of view, because as we know, things that you say uh, that, that are expressions of faith by some people are found very offensive. Michael, is the hate speech bill only of concern to people of faith? No, and, and again, this is even a broader warning perhaps to South Africans, because it doesn't just concern people who express a religious point of view. It's a threat to free speech and more specifically free expression in general. And the clause that I mentioned that supposedly protects uh, you if you do commit a crime of, of hate speech, if your speech is, is, let's say, in good faith, actually offers little or no protection at all. It's a self-defeating clause. So, you know, anybody who expresses something that might be culturally conservative or more traditional or even just unpopular ideas and views could well find themselves facing the full force of South Africa's criminal justice uh, machinery. And again, we have to look at this in the context of South Africa. We are a constitutional democracy. Uh, we have a basis of human dignity and equality and rights and freedoms. And of course, therefore, freedom of expression should be celebrated, even if it's an expression of diverse, even controversial ideas. Now, th th that is the essence of democracy. Democracy works by a free exchange of ideas. You, know, you might have an idea that's unpopular today, but might be a winning idea tomorrow. You just need to have that idea properly aired, properly uh, debated and considered. And at some point, that's how our democracy moves forwards. But as soon as you censor it, particularly by making it potentially criminal, i.e. something that will put you in jail, then effectively you create a culture where public debate is shut down, where democracy could be shut down, and where people in any event will be likely to self-censor. In other words, if you think that you might be put in jail for something that you say, you'll probably think very carefully before you say it, even though beforehand you might have expressed it freely. And frankly, you should have the right to express your faith beliefs freely. Now, Michael, what would you say is the status of the H. Peach Bill, uh, what are the most recent developments regarding the hate speech bill? Well, last week on the 15th of November, the National Council of Provinces, which is our sort of second house of parliament, uh, considered this bill and passed it with 29 votes in favor, 15 against. Uh, the uh, Democratic Alliance, the DA and the Freedom Front Plus uh, opposed it but the ANC and the EFF declared their support for it. So it's now gone to the National Assembly. Today there was a, a, a session of the uh, committee in the National Assembly, and they also essentially have accepted all the amendments proposed by the NCOP, which were absolutely minimal, by the way. The only amendment that the NCOP made was to reduce the jail sentence from eight years to five years which is cold comfort indeed. And in all likelihood, they've got one more leg to, to uh, one more box to tick, which they'll probably do on Friday. And then it will go to the president uh, of South Africa for his signature, unless perhaps uh, one third of MPs in the National Assembly are sufficiently concerned about its constitutionality, then they can send it to the Constitutional Court for review. Um, but again, uh, that is very, very unlikely at this stage. So the next stage will be it will go to the president of South Africa. And if he signs it, 
then this will then become the law of the land and it will be in force and enforceable. So we, we really need to also then therefore uh, be lobbying the office of the president because if this law comes into force, it will almost certainly be used in a way at some point that will be extremely detrimental to people of faith. Now, Michael, what and where can we do this? What can we do about this? Well, at the moment, there's very little we can do because, uh, and, and this again is something which is very concerning. You know, in total, there have been three public uh, consultation processes on this bill. Uh, the Department of Justice, when they first introduced it, uh, then before the National Assembly, and then before the National Council of Provinces. Over a quarter of a million people basically raised their voices and said, we don't want this law. Uh, it, it is something which is going to be very detrimental uh, to particularly people of faith. And largely, those submissions have been ignored. Now, that almost certainly means, by the way, that among other things, it's going to be open to a legal challenge if it is actually uh, passed into law, because constitutionally, the, the government must pay attention to public consultation and the submissions of the, of the public. And so there's almost certainly going to be a legal challenge on that, as well also, as I mentioned, on the constitutionality of the bill in, as a whole, because it, it fails to define the, the absolute elements of its, of its own uh, crime, which is, of course, hate and harm. So we, we, we are going to obviously be following this closely. There's not much people can do at the moment, uh, but do watch this space, if you like. Go to the 4SA website, forsa.org.za. Uh, we will be giving regular updates on it. You can sign up for our newsletter there. You can follow us on our Freedom of Religion essay Facebook page, on our YouTube channel. But, but stay informed, uh, because it is very important that we understand what is happening in this country and the direction it's going. And also to do whatever we can to stand together to protect our right to faith and freedom. Michael Swain from For South Africa. And uh, just again, the website, 4SAforsa.org.za. I do repeat, forsa.org.za. Sign up for your newsletter or visit Freedom Religion SA. Facebook, Freedom Religion SA Facebook or the YouTube channel 4SA F-O-R-S-A dot org dot Z-A Michael Swain, it was a privilege to have you on air this afternoon. May the Lord God Almighty just bless you and keep you and thank you so much, sir, for all you do for this and so much. much else. God bless to you and thank you so much to you, Michael.